0: This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am your humble host and with me today is Tomas. Hello. Hey, John. We uh, we, we don't know each other, but I think by the end of this podcast episode, we'll know a little bit more about one another. Um, that sounds good. I just want to start off by saying, I already said it to you, but I want to say it so that my listeners here as well, uh, I am extremely grateful. I thank you for coming on and doing this episode. Um, you are a gentleman who has been incarcerated both in the United States and here in Norway. So you have a very, I would imagine you have a very interesting story to, to tell, and, and again, God bless you for coming on and telling that story. Not everybody wants to talk about things like that.
1: Nah, well, I don't really mind. I mean, because my story is a little bit different than the usual. I mean, the common guy on the street. So, I mean, I didn't always make the right choice, and I paid my consequences.
0: You know, it's it's kind of like an extra, uh, uh, extraordinary story because, you know, first of all, the common guy on the street usually uh, has never been incarcerated. And then if you take those people, you know, the, the normal guy on the street, that normal guy on the street has, if he's been incarcerated, he probably hasn't been incarcerated in two countries.
1: No, that's true.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's a very interesting story that you have. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about your background, um, well, maybe what led mind. you, because you were first incarcerated in the United States, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about your, a little bit about your life story leading up to that.
1: Well, I'm half, like my, my, my dad is Norwegian and my mom's American. Okay. So uh, and they met many years ago because my dad my dad was a water skier. So he moved uh-huh. to Florida so he can train a lot more, you know?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, so that's how that all started. And then, uh, well, I moved to, I, moved, I was born in Florida, but then I moved to Norway when I was a year old. But then I was a lot back and forth.
0: Okay. Okay. So you feel like you have like a, a fairly equal connection to both countries then, I would assume. I
1: feel like uh, like 100% 50-50. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, but then when I was, uh, I, mean, I, went, yeah, I went to high school down in the States, Hain City High in Florida. and uh, Okay. you know, got into the hip hop and, uh, you know, and everything that follows with it and drugs and... Stuff like that, and how, the, let me ask
0: you, how old you are? I'm trying to place you now in a on a timeline when you were doing 30, high school I'm, in in Florida.
1: I'm 32 years old, so this okay. is about 2005, okay. would, or so 2004,
0: maybe. I'm not familiar with that town in Florida. What is it? Uh, what big city is it close to? Uh,
1: uh, Davenport. Have okay, you, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, I know what that it's is. Not, yeah,
1: it's not that far from Davenport. Okay. So, but it was a big high school compared to like what I was used to in Norway. Yeah. yeah, Everything's a lot smaller here. Yes,
0: everything is.
1: <laughs> couple, Yeah, it was just like a couple thousand students. And, yeah. Yeah. A lot of different culture, you know. Yeah. It's it hard to fit in a little bit, but you know, I, was, I did all right.
0: <laughs> I can imagine it's, it would be easy to get lost in the crowd. And, the, you know, some of these high schools in the States are like, you know, uh, a, a college here in, in Norway, yeah, just to put it true. into comparison, and I, I, you know, you're at that tender age where you're developing. You know, you're, 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 you're a teenager. You're, you're very unsure of yourself, yeah. and then you're in this huge <laughs> number of of literally thousands of different different personalities, and a lot of temptations. Like yeah. you, you mentioned the hip hop scene, and then the drugs, and I don't yeah. know, was alcohol involved as well? Yeah,
1: alcohol and just. Basically, the party scene, you know, and stuff yeah. like that, and everybody, you know, so I was just trying to fit in and, you know, find my place and, and it was. I mean, it was like, it was ghetto. I mean, it was. Uh, it was uh, police officers posted at the school every day. Five. Uh, five that's patrol. something
0: we don't see here in Norway.
1: No, you had to go through a metal detector to get into the school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of gangs and stuff, you know.
0: Now, what what was the racial makeup of that high school? Was it a decent mix between black white and hispanic or
1: it was mostly uh african-american hispanic
0: okay okay so so you were really you were really (laughs) isolated yeah yeah and that that must be an interesting dynamic shift to be in a very clear majority here in norway yeah to go over to the minority the very clear minority at this high school in florida
1: yeah that was a little bit different but i mean I mean, it was I. I didn't have any because of I didn't have any racial no. feelings. I didn't. I didn't treat anybody like different, so they didn't treat me different.
0: Right, so and isn't that <laughs> and isn't that really the solution to most issues that have to do with yeah. race? Because I people, I, I had an episode that I did yesterday. It'll be coming out in about a week, uh, where I talked with a gentleman uh, about race, specifically about race for the whole episode, and and we 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 agreed very much agreed that people are pretty much the same. People are pretty much the same. And when you start treating people like they're not the same, that's when the issues come up. I mean, it's really simple. It really is.
1: I know. I never really got the whole thing. And I think, like, the media keeps it alive in a way. Because people are sharing, like, showing one side, making people want to take sides.
0: Well, I think the media, yeah, the media plays a part. But I always go to the individual... Um, yeah. I mean, people people need to allow themselves to to show how smart they are. Some yeah. people just don't even try to think for themselves. They listen to that media message and they yeah. just run with that. And if you do that, yeah, you're gonna you're, you know you're gonna be paranoid about race racial issues. You're gonna hate the other side or at least be suspicious of the other side. But you mm-hmm. are a living testament to the fact <laughs> that you can, you know, you can be yeah. uh, uh, a minority. Something that you're yeah. not used to, and and yet you still get along with everybody because you treat them the same.
1: Yeah, it's just getting to know people as on a human, you know, just as a regular human being, and it was just it was actually a really nice experience because I never understood racism. <laughs> I never yeah. got it. I'm like, yeah. so I'm like people, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, try to pull you know pull the racist card on me, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm I'm Norwegian. <laughs> I'm Norwegian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's very interesting because now my wife is is Nor- Norwegian. She's Sa- Samisk, actually. Oh, really? And uh, I have a friend. Now, I grew up in, in a very white uh, uh, small town in Ohio. Yeah. Um, so I was one of two black guys in my high school class.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, no big deal. It, it is. It is what it is. It was what it was. But I had a, an old high school friend who got in touch with me uh, a few years ago on Facebook. And she said, oh, I always knew that you would marry a white girl. And I said, hold <laughs> on a minute. I said, hold on a minute. I didn't marry a white girl. I married a Norwegian. <laughs> <And> <laughs> there's,
1: there's a difference. A bit, there's a big difference.
0: <laughs> there's a big yeah. difference. No, but that, um, so, so you say that you treated everybody the same when you were there. But how did they treat you?
1: Well, at first, they were, like, unsure, you know, because yeah. I, I didn't act like the other white people at that school, you know?
0: Exactly, because, well, and that's an example that it's not necessarily a racial thing, but it is a cultural thing.
1: Cultural thing. Yes. Really, yeah. It really is. I was, I was into the necklaces, you know, the chains, and I was into, you know, <laughs> the baggy jeans, and, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah so everybody started just calling me for slim slim <laughs> <laughs> the teacher asked is like the teacher asked one day she's like uh uh why do they call you slim do you look like him or something and i'm like no it's just because i'm white and i don't act like it there you go. <laughs> and every, everybody started laughing you know he's like oh he got it <laughs> yeah. nah but it's just it's just don't treat people different just be yourself is the most important thing. You
0: so, just... so, so the problems that you had in high school then, in Florida, it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with race. It just had to do with you being in that scene yeah. with the drug, with the drug scene and whatnot.
1: Yeah, and I mean, uh, you had the you had the rednecks there too. I mean, they were oh, just in Florida. We're talking about this Florida. This is Florida.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got the guys walking around with the camo jackets and yeah. the, you know. They were just as bad into the drugs, too. Sure. So it doesn't really select anybody, you know what I'm saying? What
0: what was the most popular drug at that time?
1: It was mostly weed. Mostly marijuana. Okay. Yeah. But then, of course, that escalated into... Sure. Yeah. Probably
0: probably ecstasy, meth. Yeah. Just thinking about what I know about Florida. Yeah.
1: It's a lot of meth. (laughs) And ecstasy and cocaine and... But I kind of evolved into all that, and uh, but I actually did all right. I mean, I did school, but it was t- it was really hard because I learned most of my schooling in the region, and now I got to learn in English. I, c- I knew the language and I could speak the language, but I was already a bad stu- student. Student <laughs> <in laughs> Norway. you know,
0: a bad student in both languages.
1: <laughs> yeah, so.
0: How how was so, yeah. that? Was that how big of a challenge was that? How much time did you have to use before you adjusted to actually having to learn your schoolwork in English? Because it is a difference. I see it all the uh, time. You know, I I speak fluent Norwegian, but if I'm going to speak Norwegian about a specific subject, maybe something technical, I yeah. kind of have to search for my words. I kind of have to, you know, readjust mentally. So I can only imagine how that would be to go to school full time.
1: Yeah, that was actually really hard. I felt like I gave up. I gave up on yeah I gave up on the schooling and uh just that was basically just there you know just kind of but I was but I was young and dumb and didn't really care about my future I already I kind of had that problem I don't know just
0: did you have both your parents at home at that time
1: well when I started school there my uh my dad was still in uh, back in Norway so uh no just my mom just <laughs> busy
0: Okay. So, Do you think that played a part then in you kind of falling by the wayside and getting involved in, you know, the wrong yeah, crowd? I yeah,
1: I was the youngest one. And uh, I have two older, uh, two older sisters. And I mean, they were kind of self driven. Well, I kind of like, wore my parents out. <laughs> so they yeah. kind of just gave up a little bit. they were getting tired, you know. Right. I mean, so it's just, it happened. It, it is what it is. I mean, I I caught everything up later in life. I actually have an education. But, you uh, so I caught it back up. But, I mean, I went a lot of side roads <laughs> at the same time.
0: You know, and I, I um, nobody has an easy path. <clears throat> nobody has ah. a perfect pass. Nobody has a perfect present either. Yeah. But I think that people who meet a lot of adversity up through the years, Um, you know, the ones who have that kind of bumpy road uh, towards success, those are the ones that are really successful. Those are the ones that are really grounded. Those are the ones that really have their shit together, basically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because you've learned. You've seen it. You've learned from it. And now you're living... And
1: you you become so less judgmental about everybody else and stuff like that because, uh, you know, every path is its own, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: So once you know, like... I've been through hard times. I've been through good times. You know, I don't judge anybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and you—it's—it's it's an old cliche. You know, you—you—you you, you can't judge anyone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. But it's so true. You know, no—that is, is true. You don't know what the past is for every every person you meet. Everybody has a past, and you have no idea what they've been through.
1: Yep. So I mean, that's just helps me out. Just like if somebody snaps at me or something, just well, I don't know, maybe had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, brush it off and <laughs> yeah, keep going. Yeah. We'll take
0: it um, let, let me ask you this, then. What was your first encounter with the law? When uh, was that? Were you still in high school at that time, or was it after?
1: No, nah, it was a little bit in high school, but it wasn't much. I mean, it was just because of the d- dogs running around the school and stuff, trying to find all the drugs and stuff. And I, I lucked out a couple times. I didn't get caught. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, I was eight, I was 18 when I first got arrested. Okay. And, uh, Tell us about so, it. Yeah, it was. uh I have an older, my oldest sister. She, she's uh, six years older than me. So when I was eighteen, she was, and she was um, with this guy, was, that was uh, not good. I mean, really into the drugs and stuff like that. And I was listening to them fighting one, one night, and uh, I got involved and. He got in between me and my sister. We weren't fighting. We were just arguing. And uh, he pushed me a couple times, and I told him, don't push me again. And he, he did. did. <laughs> I hit him twice and caught him back here on the second one and ended up breaking his jaw. So it was uh, kind of serious. So I got the police showed up, and they're like, oh, you got to come with us, but you'll be out in the morning. Don't worry. I'm like, okay, I'll just go, you know. Uh, then I showed up to first arraignment, you know, on a webcam court from jail. You know, I've got the orange suit on, the chains, you know. The whole, the full workup. Yeah. You know, and then uh, I go up front of the, the judge and I didn't really know about the court system, how it worked out, nothing, you know. Sure. Yeah. And why uh, would you?
0: Why would you? You know?
1: Yeah. So, and then I'm like, the judge says, uh, angered, anger, battery and assault. Aggravated. Uh, Aggravated, aggravated, aggravated battery. battery and assault. So that's a, and, felony. Uh,
0: that's a felony charge then.
1: Yeah. Yes, it was a second-degree felony. And uh,
0: uh, How'd you feel when you heard him say those words? I mean, that really brings it home when you're in front of a judge, you know, with no experience in the, in the court system at all. And okay. all of a sudden you're in front of a judge and he tells you that you're being charged with aggravated battery and assault, Class oh. 2 felony. How'd you feel?
1: Class two felony really kind of sounded scary, (laughs) but the the rest I didn't really understand that much. I mean, I got assault, but because of the aggravated battery, it being, you know, even more so, and, uh, but then when he said one to 15 years in prison, that's (sighs) when my,
0: that's when your soul probably just took a nap and said, I'm out of (laughs) here.
1: Yep. I just, (laughs) and I'm like. And I'm trying to plead my case right then and there, you know. Sure. <laughs> I'm, like, nah, I'm sure, innocent. Yeah. I'm innocent. It was self defense, self defense. And they're like, next. I'm like, did, did
0: you have a public defender or did you have your own lawyer? or a private not
1: Yeah, no, I had a public defender. Public defender, yeah. And then, uh, no, actually, I, I was able to get my uh, old lawyer, uh, lawyers a little bit later. But okay. I. Uh, so, uh,
0: so, so that, that preliminary hearing, then he tells you what you're being charged with and he, pro- did he deny bail?
1: No, I got a bail on $10,000 bond. Okay. But me not knowing anything about bail bondsmen and stuff like that, you know, I'm thinking $10,000 is $10,000. I don't got no $10,000. Okay. So
0: you thought you had, to, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I didn't even like, and I didn't even remember a single phone number in my head. You know what I saying? Oh yeah, because so you I'm want
0: like, to call. Yeah, you need to call somebody to help you. Help to, you out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And You couldn't so remember was, phone
1: number. Just, just, I couldn't remember a phone number. And I'm just stuck for days, just trying to remember a phone number. And my heart is just one to fifteen, one to fifteen. Even one year, one year when you're eighteen. Oh, I mean, that's a, a, life, that's a life lifetime. That's a lifetime. You yeah. know. So I'm like, even if I get just one year, I'm, you know, so so, I'm just, so
0: so. During this, let me just back you up a little bit. So during this time, you're sitting in a county lockup.
1: Yes, sir. Talk about that,
0: because very often... Marion County
1: Jail. Oh, Marion uh... County, it's
0: notorious. Okay. Yeah. Tell me uh, a little bit about your experiences there, if you would, please.
1: No, first when I walk into the pod, you know, the huge D pod, and, uh, you know, it's a felony case. I'm sitting with the felonies. You're sitting with
0: felons, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Yeah.
1: People waiting to go to prison, you know. Anywhere from uh, murder and all that stuff, and I'm just as soon as I get in there, you know, I got my basket, I got my mattress, you know, and this uh, guy comes up and he just takes my paperwork out of my basket, and he, and I'm like, you know, this is prison, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no time to be a hero. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I just dropped my basket, and I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, so
0: that's what you meant. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, actually, I was like, so no. So you you needed to mark your territory right away because you didn't want uh, – No. Yeah, you just wanted to let them know probably that you –
1: Yeah, I, I didn't know how to, like, handle the situation. Okay. So I was probably a little bit too much, okay. but uh, it did kind of help me out because they're like, oh, if you're going to mess with that guy, we're going to have to fight. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. they kind of gave me a little bit of respect. You know, just left me be a little bit. And then I found actually some really nice people that just like you know, so we. that started hanging out, playing cards, spades. They're trying to explain my case to me and helping me out. And,
0: so you found your little niche, if you will, your, yeah. your little group that you could relate to and who had yeah. your back, and and uh, yeah, because we I would... were like,
1: I think we were over, I think we were like. Uh, a hundred and something people in that pod. Okay. It's a huge pod.
0: It's like a small it's, town, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and everybody just lives and sleeps and everything in this. See, I've been arrested in different states too, but then, you know, the it's different. You got the four room cells and stuff right. like that, and then the pod outside, but this was just an open
0: pod. So, so, so. Let me tell tell me more about this. When this guy uh he snatches your paperwork and you drop all your stuff and you kind of you know, knuckle yeah, up, what, I snatched what, it ba- what, what <laughs> happened then? What uh... no,
1: I snatched it back real quick and I'm like, what do you want? And, he, and then he looks at me and he's like, and then he snatches it back again. So, uh I snatched it back and I shoved him back real hard. And then he's like, "Hey, chill, chill, man. I'm just trying to help you out. Okay. He kind of switched his attitude right away, you know? Okay. Yeah. He was probably just trying he was probably going to help me out, but doing it in a he dominant might have been way. Test-
0: yeah. Might've been testing you. Probably definitely was testing you. I would
1: say definitely yeah. was testing me. And uh, so me and him actually became friends. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he, did, you know, he was like, "Where do I have this guy?" But I have seen those people that was the push-arounds. I mean, as soon as they got their lunch trays, people came and took what they wanted from it, oh, and I, and I just looked over and I'm like, "Oh, feel so bad for that guy," you know. <sighs> but I can't show weakness, you know. I can't help out. I can't.
0: Yeah, I mean that's like down on a primal animal level. You know, you, yeah. you've got to show your strength. You cannot be dominated; otherwise, it's um, it's the beginning of the end. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, and then, then people get into you know because most of them have a drug problem. You know, yeah. and of course they're they're drugs in jail. Sure. And oh, they're desperate to get their drugs, and oh, I'll have my family get paid and stuff like that. And every single night, somebody got beat the crap out of. Wow. Yeah, they didn't listen to it and stuff like that. And Crazy. And yeah, so I was like on edge the whole time. was uh, just.
0: Well, you're in fight modus constantly. I would imagine because yeah. you just you probably never know when it's going to come. Let me let me let me ask you about the guys who are a little bit more the guys who are dominated. You know the the yeah. softer guys. Uh, can you tell me about your observations when it comes to them? How did they? Manage? How did they, you know, were, were they loners or did they have their own grouping of the weaker? It no, it's sport. almost
1: like, it's almost like each group had their own weak one. Okay. You know, so there's like, they found the guys that was less crappier to them, you know, and, right, you right. know, but it still let them dominate. You know, it was almost like each group had their own weakest link. Okay, Okay. and then they just leave each other's weakest link alone. You know, this is this is our our (laughs) at this guy. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's hard to see because I want to help out. I'm, you know, I know what you know situations that you know it's hard. It is just, but you have to defend yourself. You have to speak up for your right.
0: I want to ask you something. Um, I I don't I don't judge people, but I'm gonna judge you real quick i think
1: that's all right i think
0: that (laughs) even though you were going through these things uh even though you were on the other side of the law even though you had the the drug issues i'm betting that you were still a good-hearted person
1: yeah actually yeah i think you were
0: and i think that's important to point out um not just because i want to boost your ego but because (laughs) i want I want i want the listeners to understand that you know, not everybody that goes to prison is an evil person. Not everybody who has a no. drug issue is an evil person. Not everyone um, who gets arrested for something is an evil person. Uh, no, again, just... we all have our struggles, yeah. and I can just tell from the vibe I'm getting from you now. You're a good-hearted person. And you always have been. You Thank just you. ran into, you know, you ran into whatever you ran into, and you reacted the way you reacted, which led to the circumstances that you found yourself in. So, with that in mind. Can we touch on how you felt seeing so much misery? You probably you know, broke, saw some people die, overdose, yeah, maybe, or Yeah, I've
1: seen that. Have uh,
0: how, how, what does that do to what does that do to you?
1: It tears you apart. Just you know, you you feel helpless. You want to help somebody out. I've sat with people, you know holding you know holding them on their sides and stuff waiting on the ambulance and uh you know didn't push through and stuff like that and i've seen people get shot and i've seen it's a lot of things that comes with it but you know it starts with i was never afraid of consequence
0: Uh
1: i i didn't get consequence i think that's where my problem became i was never afraid of anything you know thinking, oh, I can handle it, I can handle it, I can handle it, but your baggage just get heavier and heavier and heavier for everything you think you can handle. You
0: know? When, when you are when you were young, you're, you're a teenager, 16, 17, 18 years old, and you're starting to experience some of these negative things in your life, did you ever have, or did your parents ever confront you and have a, you know, a serious heart-to-heart counseling session? Did that ever happen? Yeah, well, me and my mom...
1: Me and my mom, like I had actually had a close relationship with both of my parents because I you know, I mean, but my mom, she was—I got my heart from my mom. <laughs> so me, me and my mom most would talk about everything. Yeah, most of us have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <still> have huh? <laughs> so, but she was more like you know, just—I don't know. She was just. She was never a controlling person, you know. She, I did, what I kind of. And I just left out what I didn't want my mom to, you know, cause I didn't want my mom to worry. So. <laughs> and
0: most of us have done that too. <laughs> yeah, so
1: I just left out a lot of the details yeah. that yeah. I could just keep going and just living my life, you know. So, so so it's
0: not that you had, uh, you know, bad contact with your parents or bad influence. It's just the way I you... kind of
1: spared her, you know, spared her for all the details and stuff like right. that. And she still hasn't heard all, the, <laughs> all of the really bad, you know. But... Oh. Uh,
0: Let's keep her away from this podcast then.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Nah, it'd probably be good for her to hear it. So, you know, just because now actually she's happy because she knows I'm, you know, on the right path and I figured it out.
0: And before we're done, we're going to get through the timeline and we're going to get up to your, what happened to you in Norway and we're going to get to where you are now because it, it really, it really is an incredible story. Just from you talking with me for a few minutes on the phone the other day and I just got the you know, the bullet yeah. points of, of your life. And, and, well, you heard my reaction. I was like, well, I <laughs> yeah. got, I got to, We got to, We have to talk more about this. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> you were in uh, Marion County block yeah. and time is going on. Did you ever, yeah. now you said you were always on edge, but did you ever feel a moment of adjustment to where like, okay, this is just how it's going to be. I'm not going to get out of this. I've got to do my time.
1: Uh, well, not not really, because uh, it was such a hard adjustment. I actually went into suicidal uh, uh, thought. If 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 it it's any anything more than five years, I'm I'm not going to make it. You know, that's okay. what I was thinking. I was looking over at those payphones with the cord.
0: Yeah, just, yeah
1: and then it's uh, figured okay I just call everybody i love and then
0: now, how long had you been in county lockup at that point
1: I'll say, i said was the first week oh wow but but then i actually started adjusting i uh i, I did adjust a little bit you know of course you know just to learn how to you know play cards uh you start starting to get into the Bible a little bit with the Bible group, you know. Yeah. Because there was
0: a lot of good people
1: there too, you know. It was just.
0: Yeah. Again, not everybody there who is there is. I mean, there's some evil. There's some animalistic people in there, absolutely. But that uh, is not everybody. No. Um, yeah. You and I both know that. Um, uh, okay. So a, a a week in, and you have suicidal thoughts, and they put yeah. you on suicide watch.
1: No, no, they didn't I didn't oh, say didn't? that to. Uh, no, I didn't say that to anybody.
0: okay, <laughs> you kept that to yourself,
1: okay. yeah, I was just so that was like my escape from adjusting. I see. Uh, I didn't think I could adjust to this, you know, and uh, I was. Just so, uh, but then you know the other guys were giving me hope about my case and stuff like that, and uh, you know, oh, it's your first offense and stuff like that. The judge will just give you a slap on the wrist. and you know, I was getting my hope up, and every day I was just hoping for that my name to be called on the intercom. That
0: it's time know, for court.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, time for court, or your bail's been posted, or <laughs> you know, just something.
0: So did anybody then, post? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, no. I then uh, actually, uh. My name did show up on the intercom, you know, and I'm like, (gasps) and the other guys are like, I told you, man, you're getting out. You're getting out. And then I go down to the, you know, the correction officer and then, uh, you got visitation. Ah, man.
0: What are you talking about? I'm getting out. How'd that make you, let me ask you this. That's interesting. How did that make you feel when they tell you you have a visitor? Did you feel happiness? Were you glad that somebody was there? Or was it like, oh, no, this is going to be embarrassing?
1: No, I was happy that somebody You're was happy. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: there. But uh, I was more about, uh, you know, I thought I was getting out. Right. So it was kind of yeah. let down. No, what? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, co- don't come to visit me. Dude. Come and get, get me out. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I go into visitation and even though I did break this guy's jaw, he, uh, he did get up. And he was a lot bigger than me and older than me. And he whooped my ass, to put it that way. Oh, oh, <laughs> so my face did oh, not – I, I, I was not pretty.
0: Oh.
1: Uh, my sister comes into visitation, and at first I was scared. I was terrified because I've heard about the guys in the red and white suits. Okay. And the other pod, and yeah. they're there for – sexual charges. Right, right. And uh, I'm standing there in this room alone with them waiting to go in, and it's just three of them red ah, and white. I'm like, uh-oh, oh, uh-oh. Oh, man.
0: That's a and, nightmare. That's just a nightmare.
1: Yeah. So I was just like, just holding my breath, just, okay, what's going on now? Trying to look as
0: as the opposite casual? of vulnerable. Well, yeah, and the opposite <laughs> yeah. of vulnerable as you can be in <laughs> yeah. a situation like that. Wow.
1: Yeah, I felt like, uh, man. Yeah. I felt uh, powerless, you know. Yeah. But I've always been like a fighter too, so I'm like, I'm going to go out. <laughs> <I always laughs> it. So, but uh, no, then I get into the visitation room, and it was fine. They didn't bother me or nothing, you know. But it was Just, you know, all everything you hear and see about prison Just builds it up, you know
0: Sure, yeah, you see so, a few movies You know, Shawshank Redemption And yeah. all this other kind of stuff And you start to, I mean, it, it creates a picture in your mind you, cause yeah. How are you supposed to know what it really is like Unless you've been there or you know yeah. someone Who's been there yeah. and they've given you an account about it So, I
1: yeah, know, so that's how uh, But then I get to that and my my sister comes in And she sees me Not the one that I Not the one that was married to the guy that I okay. fought with because he was pressing charges and all sorts of stuff, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of yeah. like a little family, you know, thing there. And, uh, mother, sister, she comes in, she sees me and she just starts bawling oh. crying, you know? Cause she's like my little brother, he's yeah. locked up. He's beat up, you know?
0: Oh man. That's so, that's just, uh, so sad. Yeah, that's just so sad. I just,
1: so I just started, you know, I'm like, no, it's
0: okay. It's okay. You know, don't worry. I'm fine. And
1: <sighs> just get me out. She's like, I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can, and uh, but then, uh, yeah, time went by, and uh, she, she did get me out, but it after took a long? while.
0: After how long?
1: Uh, almost six months. Wow. And uh, as an eighteen-year-old,
0: that is a lifetime. You, we were saying a year or five years is a lifetime at that age. Good lord, six yeah. months is is at that age. That's a long yeah. time.
1: Uh, yeah, it felt like a lifetime.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But it was actually
1: I got, but that was more. Why it felt so long was because if if I would have just known it was six months or whatever, I would have. <laughs> Just okay, and then I would have relaxed, but yeah. and you're like looking at a spectrum from one to fifteen years, you know,
0: yeah,
1: and yeah. He, 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 I know it ain't gonna be fifteen years, but still you know you you have it, you're afraid to n- not believe it, you know it's like your self defense for your you know you expect the worst, yeah you know?
0: yeah and and yeah, and not knowing especially at that age, not knowing yeah. how your life is gonna pan out, I mean yeah. that just uh yeah
1: uh, so actually uh. No, then I, uh, but because we wanted to spend the money on a lawyer, you know, yeah. I'm like, we should get, we should get a good lawyer instead of wasting money on, you know, just bailing me out.
0: Right, right.
1: And then, well, actually, I was like, bail me out, get me on a plane. I'll leave. I won't come back.
0: <laughs> Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, did I'm you gonna, did uh, you
0: really think that for a while?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. And actually, I was angry because you know I felt like the, I felt. Mistreated, you know. I felt like I couldn't trust anything anymore.
0: Even right.
1: when I got out, every, you know, patrol car I seen, I'm like, they're out to get me. They're going to get me. I got, I became in that state of mind and I what was so you? angry.
0: What led you to that state of mind of not being, I mean, that of course, I kind of felt so f-
1: innocent in a situation, you know?
0: Even though you broke he, a guy's jaw.
1: Yeah, because I'm like, yo, he pushed me, attacked me. I felt like you know, I was cornered. And uh, Technically
0: speaking, technically speaking, under the law, the minute he put his hands on you, he yeah. was guilty of assault and battery.
1: Yeah, but he didn't really, he didn't admit to any of that, so that right. became, a, but then when he explained his case, he admitted that I hit him with my left, because I'm left-handed, and he admitted to where we were, and we were in a small, you know, hallway, and he said that I came running up from behind and hit him, you know, okay. that I sucker punched him, right. basically. And that wasn't the truth. And that kind of came out in court. And him having a, you know, long list of, you know, stuff too on his record, you know, okay. then uh, we got it. We didn't get it. We didn't get it. I didn't become, uh, they couldn't drop it to a misdemeanor. But they then they they couldn't let me go without a charge either because I see. you know they wanted me to. So basically, I got time served and I had to go to uh, anger management.
0: Time served in anger management.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and how, I had a job and stuff. So
0: how how was that anger management class? Was it one on one with a, with a psychologist or was it in a classroom was, setting with others?
1: It was a classroom setting with others okay. and uh, like a lot of different things and. Uh, Actually, the what do you call it? The psychologist or whatever. Mm. She she was uh, she had a lot of problems herself. You know, she was <laughs> always talking about her I situation. Laugh, and, and, I
0: shouldn't laugh, but it's typical. Oh, yeah, gosh.
1: like oh, I was abused, <laughs> and she would cry almost every session about oh. her own situations. And I just okay every Tuesday, I had to show up there yeah. after work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just went there and. Got to, it didn't really help my anger at all.
0: Yeah, that was that my point. next question was, did it help? But no, it didn't.
1: No, actually, the prison helped, or the jail. I mean, just getting consequences. No, if I don't act right, there's consequences to pay. You know, I got a little bit of a... But I, I became too terrified, actually, because... How so? It, I don't know. I was just, like, I I didn't feel safe anymore. I, I knew how quick my life could change. Okay. And it was, it was really scary. You know, it was like I didn't have any foundation anymore.
0: But were you scared because you didn't have the ability to control your own actions or were you scared because you were afraid of outside sources, you know, somebody provoking you or attacking you or the police coming into your life? Which, which aspect of that was, was your most fear?
1: No, I mean, I couldn't control my anger and stuff like that. I was actually just a really nice guy and I had a temper that I did, but uh, it wasn't like, my, I was never, I would never attack somebody for no reason and stuff like that. And, but no. just, you know, was, things escalate so fast and you just, sometimes you just have to, you know, especially with that lifestyle that I was in too, you know, sure, you never, sure. you never know when you're going to, so. Did
0: you ever feel that you had to, to prove yourself, you know, among your peers, your friends in that, uh, in, in, in that, uh, that, that group of friends that you had could that uh, maybe be part of why you had a short temper? Because oh, I got I got to show my boys I'm not going to take any shit. Was it anything no, like that? No, nah, not nope? really.
1: I was nope? I, I was even back back here. I was uh, in Norway. I was actually the same. Just uh, just didn't really learn how to control my emotions. Okay. And Once I started getting you know emotional and stuff like that, I would.
0: That's fight. when things got yeah. The, oh, interesting.
1: So, but uh, you know, it's just young and. Just didn't have any, you know, foundation. Just just being ripped up from, you know, the safe place in Norway down to Haines City High, you know, and just my life would just change so suddenly. I didn't feel like, and then from that into jail and just didn't feel like nothing was, you know, no, no matter what I did, it could anything could happen, you know.
0: Just trying to think, you know, I'm no psychologist, but just thinking on... Your life's path from Norway to a place like that part of Florida—it's almost like I don't want to say it's asking for trouble, but it is a big change. Uh, what what yeah. part of Norway uh, did you did you come from?
1: <laughs> and the book.
0: And the book. Okay.
1: Yeah, right outside of Oslo. Yeah.
0: Okay, so and so small so town. Yeah. So to go from that to a. <laughs> An area with a, with a significant hip-hop culture, drugs, and this, that, and the other is a big change. And, you know, I talk with my wife about this all the time. Um, we have two kids here who are coming up on that age where they can do an exchange student program and go to high school in the States. Oh. And I would love for them to have that experience, oh. but I would almost have to demand they would go to <laughs> to a small r- rural town out in this out in the country somewhere like where i grew up
1: yeah because that's that's a huge difference it it i've is. lived in different states too and that's there's it's I think, a big difference
0: I, because i think if my kids i think if a lot of norwegian kids were to go from you know uh, uh you know out uh, some some little uh, uh village outside of Oslo or Drummond or something like that and then all of a sudden they're in even in the suburbs of a place like New York or Chicago or Los Angeles even in the suburbs I get the feeling that my kids would just get eaten alive there's there's things out there um, you know we're talking about what 15 whatever years ago in your case but now especially there are things there that these Norwegian teenagers just don't have a clue about
1: yeah you know they watch
0: MTV and they watch movies and they listen to music and stuff, but they're not getting a view of what things really are like in some of these these, yeah. these places.
1: Actually, like I get offended a lot because Norwegians yes. kind of develop this. Mental picture of what Americans and America is—it's just—it's not right at all. I could
0: do a whole podcast episode on how Norwegians <laughs> yeah. perceive Americans. I'm uh, I do don't think I told you this, but I'm also a stand-up comic, and a big part of my oh, really? routine is me making fun of Norwegians and their perceptions on what Americans, especially Black Americans, yeah. uh, what what they think what they think it, it, we're, we're all about. Um, <laughs> So shout out to all my Norwegian friends. All my friends are Norwegian these days. I've been here so long, but (laughs) I have to make fun of them. But but in all all seriousness, it is a big difference. So I was wondering if, I don't think you had any inherent tendency to find trouble. It probably is just that you never got, you were never prepared for what you were going to see there. You were never prepared for the challenges you know, but, to where you would be strong enough or wise enough to make choices that would have left you, led you down a different path.
1: Yeah. No. Nah, I'm not a psycho- right. Yeah, I'm not a no, psychologist, right but I think, on. yeah, I think you're so. You're right on.
0: <laughs> I think so.
1: So, But and then, I, and then again, you know, I was one of those people that just, you know, just didn't really, I was in the moment type guy. I was always just living the moment, never thinking about tomorrow and
0: Yeah, but you know what? Who does? Who does at that age? I was very much very much an in the moment person and not thinking about my future up until I was around twenty three, twenty four. Yeah. You know? You just don't have that concept of you don't have a full concept of consequences. You don't have a full concept of responsibility. And and I don't think that is a uh Unusual state of mind to be in at that age, around 18, 19 years old. It's not unusual at all.
1: No. Uh, and then I, right after I got out, I uh, met a girl. Her name was Brittany, the one that contacted you, actually. Oh yeah. About. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, uh, we started dating and stuff, and uh, hit it off, and then my you know life became good because I I put I put all my Focus into her, you know, and that's what kind of kept me out of trouble and just, right. you know, you know, I kind of got out of all the stuff that I was in and doing and stuff. And Love will, and do, that. Love will, Love do, will that. do that. Love will do that. Love will change your life. You know, I needed that right then and there. But I still. Shout out my, to Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still have my pot smoking problem, though. So and I ended up actually getting arrested again for a little marijuana charge. But then I posted bail right away and there was nothing, no big deal. But uh, just a I possession, got,
0: just a possession. Yeah, just it. a
1: smaller, less than 20, less than 20 grams.
0: Okay.
1: So, uh, and then, uh, but I went to court and I uh, got put on probation and then uh, six months probation and then I failed my probation.
0: You smoked pot I, again? Is that what it was?
1: Yeah. Oh. No, actually, actually, I, what I did was. I bought a cleaning kit because I was so scared for my first one. So I'm like, oh, I'll just buy a cleaning kit. And I bought a cleaning kit and I did that <laughs> on the old first cleaning one. Kit.
0: yeah.
1: And then uh, on my second one, I bought a cheap one and I was a little bit late, so I didn't do it correctly. <sighs> so I didn't really smoke, but I was clean <laughs> on my first one, dirty on my second one. Right. And so that was a VOP, you know, and then uh, – well, here's then, the lesson.
0: Here's the lesson. Don't buy a cheap cleaning kit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't do drugs.
0: <laughs> there we go. I was trying to be okay. funny. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: if, you, if you're going to be stupid, at least be smart about it.
0: <laughs> if you're going to be stupid, be smart about it. Don't try to save money on a cleaning kit. Kids. Yeah. Kids.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, because uh, uh, so, then, I, then I end up uh, going to court for this and they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, no, no, I didn't get, go to court. The probation officers, I'm like, okay, I'm getting arrested. I'm and then the you
0: could, they could have sent you back to serve out the rest of your.
1: That's what they would do. That's yeah. what they were gonna do, but the jails were full, so they're like, <sighs> just go home. Yeah, just check online. You know, da-da-da. when your warrant pops up a couple of days later, the police officers sh- will show up at your house to pick you up.
0: No ankle bracelet or anything. No, they nothing. just sent you home.
1: Okay, they just sent me home, so I'm like, okay. And my mom had recently moved to. Kentucky, the state of Kentucky.
0: Oh, yeah, what city? And, uh, uh,
1: what I'm trying to remember the name. Glasgow. Uh, okay. Glasgow. Okay. Glasgow County. I don't remember what the name of the city okay. of was.
0: I've got people in Harlan County, Harlan, Kentucky. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I moved up there, and, uh, and actually then I'm like, Look, and then I searched up, the, you know, misdemeanor. You know, it's a state thing. Da-da-da-da. Kentucky is a welfare state, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got an escape, so I moved up there, and you know, Brittany followed me up there, and we, uh, everything was actually good. Uh, I just said, screw Florida. <laughs> oh, and, uh, so you yeah, didn't? You didn't? I never did. I still have a bench warrant in Florida. <laughs> oh, well,
0: no, no Disney World for you.
1: No, not yet. But I'm going to take care of it, though. <laughs> I'm, uh, I am I know that, you know, with all the marijuana charges, you know, yes. you know the legal legal CEO yeah. of it and stuff like that, they'll give me a new court. Yes, date they
0: and, will. Yeah.
1: So uh, and then they'll drop the charges yeah. because I am clean. I have changed my life and yes. I can show that, you know, absolutely. But, uh, I just have to head down there to do it Yeah, I get a walk through. That's what they call it. You know, go, 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 to, go to
0: Disney world first, just in case. <laughs> <Yeah>. they...
1: <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Well, I'll probably get arrested at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have, I'll have to have a lawyer set a court date and then have my bail already set right. before I go. But I'll take care so, of that. So,
0: so you go to Kentucky. Now, I know that Kentucky is crystal meth. Capital. Uh, yeah. Well, not the capital, but it's one of the biggest places for meth. Yeah, yeah, I'm not wrong. So, no, were, not at all. That were was... there any issues with staying clean and staying out of trouble when you went to Kentucky? Then,
1: no, not really, because I kind of stayed away from people. You know, I, I, I had, was addicted to marijuana, so I was trying to get that, and but I was able to stay away from all meth and all that Good. stuff, and uh. Good. And uh, kind of kept to my girlfriend, you know, yeah. just stayed with her, and uh,
0: so there were no addictions other than to the marijuana.
1: Yeah, none. good. So, but uh, my addiction was so strong to it. I mean, uh, to marijuana is just I had to have it to be able to relax. And
0: can you talk about that a little bit? I'm I'm genuinely curious. I've I've never smoked. Um, I, I almost said I don't know anyone who smokes, but I do. But I, okay. I just don't know. I just don't know anything about. What marijuana? Well, I know what it does to a person, but I I have heard very few first-hand accounts. Yeah,
1: no, like to me, it was like a way that I could my because I had a lot of energy and I was like an energized person, and I would always do before I thought, you know.
0: I see.
1: And when I smoked, I would start thinking before I start doing. Okay. So in one way, it was like a little bit good you know good for me because i actually learned how to think a little bit right. but then i realized that i just after many years that now i'm just thinking and not doing anything i just became an overthinker see, you know i see i see so i wouldn't i mean i don't i wouldn't recommend it to anyone but uh, have you
0: ever have you ever gotten a diagnosis adhd or add
1: i should have probably but i'm Parents never followed up, and again, I'm not. Always... I'm
0: not a doctor, but I'm very well yeah. re- read in things, and it sounds like that uh, could that's... be that could be something there.
1: There, yeah, uh, yeah, I had uh, yeah, I did have ADHD. I kind of grew grew out of it a little bit, though. Just well, you can learn, learn to control. DH. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Just <love
0: it. laughs> people can learn to control it. People can learn to well, not control it, but people can learn to live with it. To where the negative effects on your life can be can be diminished. So it sounds like that's sounds like that might be what you did.
1: Yeah, that's what I kinda did. So I'm kinda actually just learned to use it to the positive. You know, I became a construction worker. I've always been a really good worker. Yeah. And got my energy out there and just, you know, try to be productive, you know, with myself and try to you know, do a good job, you know. I wanna she became, you know, Brittany became pregnant and, you know, I was going to be a dad I was just working, 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 trying to, you know,
0: a new focus. You had a focus. Yeah, I, knew, yeah,
1: I had a focus. And really that's what it was. I got something that I wanted to do and motivation to do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I just started working and stuff like that. And we had our kids, he was born, but then we had already moved to Tennessee Paris, Tennessee.
0: Paris, Tennessee. I want to say I know where that is. Uh, I also have family. I have family in Kingsport, Johnson City, and oh. I was also a truck driver. When I finished uh, my time in the United States Marines, I was a truck driver for about eighteen months. And I drove all over the place, and that rings a bell, Troy, Tennessee.
1: It is a lot of uh, semis that comes through there Uh, because it's like uh, one of the main –
0: I think there's a big hub. I think there's a big hub for Schneider National there. I think one of their hubs is there. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's right. You know
1: know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And it was right next to Kentucky. It's – murray M- murray kentucky it's like 15 minutes away so it was right on state line
0: gosh you're uh, <laughs> you're bringing back the memories man I, uh, <laughs> yeah i know i had i had a good time i had a really good time as a truck driver that was uh one of the most peaceful peaceful times of my life um oh yeah hold on a second you were a miss. police
1: officer too were not you yes i was um, uh, I think that's interesting. You know, we're kind of both sides of the law here. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: the the way it happened was I um I went away to college for a while. I had a football scholarship, so I played uh, NCAA football at Ohio University. Um, are you still there? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there we man. go. Yeah. No, I was messing with my screen. I was afraid I cut you <laughs> off. Uh, uh, hold on a second. Let me see something here. I don't want mine to be the biggest. Let's see. There we go. Now I got you back. Okay, yeah, no, I, I went away to college for a while, and then there was some pretty significant family issues. Parents were going through mm-hmm. divorce and all that. And like an idiot, I thought I could <laughs> do something or help or whatever. Yeah. So I left uh, I left after the second or during the second year and went back home. And then, uh, of course, didn't change anything. Parents still <laughs> got divorced. Yeah. And, um, and then about another year or so after that, I joined the Marines. This was boy, was I crazy? This was in the um, the lead up to the first Gulf War in oh, yeah. 1990. You know, the troops were gathering in Kuwait and getting ready to go in, and that was when everyone thought it was going to be this big long drawn out ground war with you know hundreds of thousands of, of of casualties and everything. Yeah. And that's when I that's when I joined <laughs> the Marines. Yeah. Um so I did 4 years active duty in the Marines great great time. Um yeah, but... that's when I figured out who I was and what I was all about. Yeah. And then after that I was kind of like okay, well what am I going to do now? I had no idea what I was going to do with myself. So uh, I had seen most of, or I had seen a lot of Asia. I was stationed on Okinawa, Japan. Oh, yeah. So I figured now let me see, let me see my own country. <clears throat> so yeah. I used some of my GI Bill money. I got my uh commercial driver's license and started driving a, a tractor trailer.
1: Oh, and yeah.
0: did that for 18 months and just kind of, and kind of getting my, getting my thoughts together, getting myself together and, um, and then one day I saw that, uh, this police force in the Chicago suburbs was hiring. So I signed up to take the test and I'll be doggone. I was out of, um, I think it was 300 applicants. Uh, I got number one. I scored number one on the test.
1: And then, really.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, and got hired and, and was a police officer for seven years oh. until my wife and I moved here. So se- seven years, I was a juvenile officer. I was a, uh gang and nar- narcotics uh detective um plain clothes you know mm. kind of like training day denzel washington minus yeah. <laughs> minus the corruption <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so it was that, and that was seven seven years of very um like i said i grew up in rural ohio I mean, so i didn't know yeah. anything about, and, and this is on the south suburbs of chicago where i was working yeah. And man, oh. I, you know, I thought I was growing up. I thought I knew what life was about after my time in the Marines and truck driving. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a totally new awakening. Um, that was my first exposure to any kind of um, uh, drug scene, you know, working as a, as, a, as a police officer. Of course, you come into contact with all that stuff. That was my first time knowing anything about that kind of stuff. So it was like <laughs> another reawakening, a whole new yeah. time of growing yeah. up and, and maturing and everything.
1: I can imagine. Yeah. So basically the opposite of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm fortunate in that, you know, I was born in Akron, Ohio, and we yeah. moved way out in the outer, you know, into the a rural area when I was 7 years old. Oh. <clears throat> but I know that that is probably what saved me. Because I look yeah. at that neighborhood now in Akron, where we grew up, I look at Akron in general, and it's just a big steaming Yeah, I don't want to insult anybody, but it's not good there. I was gonna say it's a big steaming uh, pile of garbage. It's not. The, it's <laughs> it's. I, it's, know, I don't want to yeah. say that because there's good people. I still have family there. But yeah. oh my gosh, looking at that neighborhood where I was born and where I lived until I was seven years old, I know that I would have met a lot of challenges that I couldn't even. Have imagined, I know yeah. it. it. It's all about where you are. It's all about environment.
1: Yeah, environment. Absolutely that's what defines us yeah. a little bit.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty much what happened to you. You know, you could have stayed at in the book,
1: yeah, and, and had book, a different yeah.
0: life. But instead, you were in Florida and you had that life. You know, it's it's all about environment. Yeah, I'm kind of
1: just happy about my life too because it made, I mean, it made me the person that I am. And, and the
0: person that you are is. How would you say it in two sentences? Good hearted. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed.
1: Thank you, sir. No. No, and then, uh, uh, well, when I had my, we had a kid and, uh, my son was born, he had a lot of epilepsy problems. Oh. Seizures from the other wow, Oh, that's three frightening. Yeah, three months old, and uh, we were going through a lot, and I still had my pot problem and stuff like that a little bit. And that turned into, you know, and then a little bit of drinking on the side because, you know, I didn't always get my pot.
0: Right, right.
1: And, uh, but then I decided, you know, we need to move to Norway because, you you know, the hospitals and stuff like that and specialists, everything costs a lot of money.
0: We, Man. you and I know, and I've talked about this on my podcast before, if, if yeah. Norway's not perfect and there's a lot that I'm not satisfied yeah. with and I'm constantly homesick, but the medical situation, the medical services, it's just not something we have to think about. We just don't no. have to think about it.
1: You it's yeah, there when we need it. it
0: and they do what we need. It doesn't cost us anything. We're not going to go bankrupt because no. of medical bills. It's a totally different world.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, she can't, like, I tried to explain to Brittany, you know, and she's like, well, how does it, how can it be so much better? How can it be so much better? And I'm like, well, I finally, after almost a year, convinced her, you know, let's go, let's try it. So then I got on a plane first and came here, got a job, and it took me about four months but from from the time I left the States, to the time I got her, had a job, an apartment, and her and my kid here.
0: And what year was this?
1: Uh, this was two thousand twelve. Two
0: thousand twelve, yeah.
1: So and everything
0: was going good.
1: He got the you know, he got the help he needed and he kinda he kinda grew out of it. So yeah. automatically on his own, but it was a lot of medicines, they're trying different types of medicines to stop the seizures and stuff like that. Now think and
0: how that process would have been if you were still there in Kentucky. Think about the cost.
1: Yeah, of well, we were traveling all the way to a hospital called Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a special, like a hospital yes. special, special, you know, for children and stuff like that and just those,
0: those bills. <sighs> wow, I, I, I can only imagine, you know, you had the things that you had to struggle with as it was, but if you would have had to worry about medical bills on top of that, oh man, yeah. what a, oh, what a turn for the worst that would have been. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. So that was just kind of. Would you say that?
0: Uh, would you say that your decision to come to Norway would rank in your top five best decisions of your life?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Even yeah. though, even though I was, a lot of things happened after that. Yeah, you know, we're gonna get to
0: that. I, yeah, yeah. We're get so
1: kind of so, blamed the, the blamed it on that decision, <laughs> but.
0: Well, so so you come here with your son and with Brittany, and and wow, that could be a whole. Interesting discussion with her about her. I I love talking with Americans who've yeah. come to Norway. Everybody has their own individual story. But so so you guys get here and was it you know you're you're off and running and everything is good to go well, from the start or?
1: Kinda yes and no because I already knew the whole town. You know, of course, I went back to my hometown yeah. and you know I introduced her and stuff like that. But people hate speak Norwegians hate speaking English, you know, so oh, especially I didn't think about that. There.
0: I didn't think about that. How was, okay. Yeah.
1: So she had a, I felt real bad for her because she had like a real culture shock, yes. you know, Yes, and I couldn't really see it. So she kind of went into a depression a little bit, you know, and she, she didn't get to, and then she got, became pregnant again. Yeah, And so she didn't get to start Norwegian school and stuff like that, oh. you know, and, putting her roots in right, right away. And yeah. that kind of put her on the back burner a little bit. And I was just working constantly because, you know, me having her here, you know, I had to. got to step it up. It. Yeah. 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 What kind of so, job,
0: what kind of job did you start off with?
1: Construction. Construction. i am always working okay. construction. Okay. So uh, it's a great living. I, yeah, here you actually get paid a lot. Yes. Down in yeah. The, down south in, in the United States. Totally different story. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get paid much at all. <laughs> so you know, it was nice. You know, I'm starting to feel secure with my job. I'm starting to feel like I have control, that I'm safe. And uh, you know, we have another, we have a daughter, and everything's going good. But then she develops epilepsy. Problems. Wow. But th- this time, it that was doesn't happen very worse. often.
0: That doesn't happen very often.
1: No, because uh,
0: two kids with epilepsy. Wow. Yeah,
1: and no reason for it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't normally epilepsy is a, you know, a byproduct of a brain damage or a tumor, tumor or something. You know, that's wrong. And but this was just. Showing up from nowhere, they couldn't really locate it and stuff like that. So, we we're going to specialists, and first, we had to go through like just so much just trying to even get to the special sure. specialists. And uh, she was having anywhere from five to 15 seizures a day.
0: Oh, that poor child
1: from the time she was three months old, you know,
0: that poor uh, child. Oh my god,
1: and wow. uh, you know, I couldn't handle it really. I uh, actually. I acted like I was trying to handle it because she was about to break, you know, and I had to be strong for her. Yes. I wasn't really strong at all. I was uh, at my breaking point too. So, but, and then I started drinking Uh, and, uh, you know, the problem became worse and, you know, the child services, you know, they came into the picture a little bit because they found out about it, you know? Yeah. And so, and I had to quit my pot because I had to go on urine tests and stuff like that. And I still had my my job and everything, but our relationship was being kind of ripped apart from the child services. You know, they had to separate us and stuff like that. She had to, and I couldn't handle that. So instead of stepping up, I started messing up. I see. You know, and I'm not proud of it, but it it is what it is. And she kind of started moving on with her life and. I started messing up even more and stuff like that. And that's when I got back into the hip hop scene, you know, because that's where Can I'm, we call
0: it hip hop light because it's a you, little, it's, it's a little different here in Norway. Yeah. It ain't I'm the just same. messing around. I'm it just ain't around, same.
1: That yeah. was I, It actually left me with depression.
0: <laughs> like, what, what is
1: this? Y'all guys don't know what you're doing
0: left with depression from Norwegian hip hop. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. man.
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've always loved the music and I've, you know, I've always been writing my own songs and stuff like that. And kind oh, of always had, yeah, I huh, kind of cool. had a little dream to get into it, but, you know, just being a father and stuff like that, that always came first, you know?
0: And yeah, you can still do it, man. I got two kids here. I still have... do music. I, I, I make music. Oh, uh, really? I got, yeah. Like, I got stuff out there. I'm a songwriter for a whole bunch of different artists and in bands. I've got um, four singles out, solo singles. Two, no, kids. Really. two kids, two kids. i have to check into that. Listen I'll, I'll send you did, a link. I'll send you a link. Do that, do that. No, then, well,
1: then the drugs can start getting bad again. You know, yeah. I started on heavy drugs and doing everything that basically anybody, because I felt, I felt like I was broke. You know, I was broken inside yeah. and I, I didn't want to hang out with people that wasn't broke, you know, because that just showed me how far my life felt. I went, I couldn't, I lost my job. I, well, actually, I didn't lose it. I just didn't show up to it anymore. Okay. And uh, and so you were at rock bottom then. Rock bottom, and uh, I was just basically just trying to survive every day, just from my own emotions and stuff like that, and ended up, uh, you know, I ended up, you know, getting caught up in stupid stuff, just stupid charges, and just kept getting arrested and arrested and doing. Uh, you know, uh, four weeks there, four weeks there, and stuff like that, and just a uh, just the first the first year, and then after that, I went. This was about two thousand sixteen, and then uh, two thousand sixteen, I uh, got arrested for I had like twenty eight different charges.
0: Oh God! Just got,
1: gathered up, so I ended up, but I only did six months that time. But I did.
0: Uh, where Where six, was? Oslo. In Oslo. Oslo. Ushlofengsil,
1: yeah. Ushofengsel. Fini- Fini- yeah. yeah. And it was twenty-three hour lockdown. You were out of your cell one hour a day. And they're all Muslims. No offense against Muslims. But I was I was just,
0: just gonna say right away I started thinking about the the inner culture of that yeah. uh, that that prison. Yeah. Uh, compared to the inner culture there in uh in uh, Mar- <laughs> Marion County. Yeah and both of them have their bad elements both of them have their softer elements both of them have their different degrees of how easily or how difficult you can adjust but that prison there i would imagine tell me if i'm wrong but i would imagine that you felt even more out of place in oslo than you did in the prison in in marion county right
1: yeah Yeah. i did because i mean the culture is so different yeah americans aren't that different i mean we're, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, I kind of feel more like home. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's, I
0: totally get it. And that's not. And again, just like you said, this isn't saying anything bad against against Muslims or people from the Middle East. No. It's just the makeup of that prison is what it is.
1: Yeah. And also, it is what it is. But luckily, I was a lot more mature at that time, so adjusting in was wasn't hard at all. You know. Can you
0: can you walk me through kind of like you did with your first day, your first experience walking into <clears throat> Marin County? What was it like walking in as someone who was incarcerated in Oslo prison?
1: You mean in, uh, oh, in the, Oslo? Yeah, oh, the yeah, whole, walk you through Oslo. Yeah, yeah the no, whole experience.
0: Just, the whole experience of it. You know. You,
1: you, first, I was you know in the the, the holding cell. You know the <laughs> gratcella. Yeah. And, uh, so it was just a relief to get out from there, you know, get into a cell where you have a television and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot better when it comes to that kind of stuff. You can yeah. kind of be by yourself a little bit. You have a TV, you have a little mini fridge and you get food three times a day. And so at first I was just relaxing, but I didn't really have any problems with any of that. It was just, my heart was broke. Okay. So I just had to deal with myself at that point.
0: So your heart was broke when you say that. What does that, what, what exactly does that mean? That can mean a lot of different things, you know. Uh, I
1: was just so depressed about how my life ended okay. up. I'm, I felt that I lost the woman, girl I loved. I uh, uh, lost connection with my kids. My kids mean everything to me. And yeah. I just felt like I just, I, I really felt like I failed.
0: suicidal thoughts at that point
1: yeah i know because i was the father i didn't think you know that wasn't right
0: right right but uh but still very down and and yeah was that probably the most depressed you had ever been at that point
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, no doubt
0: i can see it on your face i hear it in your voice that you're kind of reliving that that feeling it's, yeah, that uh, was
1: the hard part—not the jail, not the people, not nothing. It was just where I was in, you know,
0: yeah,
1: at, in my life, you know. And uh, but it was really—I mean—but it was healthy for me because I got away from the drugs, you know. I got away from running from myself all the time and just actually had to sit down and deal with it for yeah. a little bit, you know. But. uh I got you know I did six months and that was fine. I actually had a lot of fun too. You know, learned to deal with myself, learned to be alone, learned to just enjoy TV, and the small things. You know, and uh, but when I got out, of course, you know I sh- hoped. You know, I had to hope that I would get her back and stuff like that, and every yeah. Let me these... ask you.
0: Let me ask you about that. How, how, what had happened during the time you were you? Well, how, how long were you in Oslo prison? Six months. Six months. Okay. And during that time, what happens with your relationship with Brittany?
1: No, it falls even further apart. And uh, okay. she came to visit me. She brought the kids to visit me, and uh, you know she's moved on. It's been a year. She's dating somebody else and stuff like that. And it's just, and I'm just, she's like, because with all reason, I was not getting my life together. I was not doing the things I was to be doing. I was doing, you know, quite the opposite. And uh, so it was just like when I got out, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do right now. I'm going to do, but I was just trying to take shortcuts yeah. to get her back, you know? I see. And I, I just wasted That's a good all... way of
0: putting it, shortcuts, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah. shortcuts, yeah. you know, just trying to act the part of being healed. You now know? And, now you know, on the so
0: timeline of all of this, what when, what year was this now when you've gotten out of... Oslo prison. Right.
1: This was in probably in the beginning of twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Okay.
0: Four years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Four years ago. And then. Now, uh,
0: now, where were you spiritually at that point? Because going back to your time in uh, Marion County, you had uh, you started exploring the Bible. You started yeah. getting well, somewhat of a religious foundation. You fell out of it, okay.
1: yeah, I fell out of it. I've always believed in God, and yep. uh, but I didn't really have any education in it. I no. mean you have to get the education and in, in it to really get it into your heart yep. and uh,
0: Well, I think the and, scary thing is when people don't get the education and they just yeah. call themselves religious and then they yeah. they corrupt they corrupt all things religious, you know, they start judging yes. people, they start. Yeah, you know all that kind of stuff, and yeah, it's because you they haven't. The you've got to, you got, you got to read the book.
1: <laughs> got to read the book. I mean, it'll change your life.
0: <laughs> yes, totally <laughs> so, agree. But, yeah,
1: but I'll get into that. Yeah, we'll but, talk. Uh, and then actually, I, I couldn't get my life together, and uh, just trying to run with other because I couldn't keep. I couldn't keep a job. I I didn't. I couldn't. I wanted to go back to my old job, but I w- knew that I, if I'm going to go back, I have to be ready. You know, because yeah. I had a really good relationship with them and and stuff like that. And they knew my situation, and I wasn't ready to go back because she had moved down to Fredrikstad, you know, and my that my you know basically was working in Oslo, and, uh, so, and so I was just caught in between lines. I didn't know what yeah. to do. And, yeah. Yeah. And I just started instead of I just running to the next fix, right? And just not being alone, being with people, yeah. Doing stupid shit. Yeah. yeah. And then I ended up. Uh, Some time went by, like almost six months, to just running around. And then I ended up, you know, gathering up a whole bunch of other new charges. And then what I kind? Got, what kind of charges? Uh, grand theft. What was it you stole? <laughs> Car,
0: a car, Grand okay.
1: yeah. And uh, I didn't steal the car basically, I lent it from a guy that stole it, okay. But I got uh, caught with it, yeah. And uh, I didn't know that it was stolen actually. <laughs> and uh, I just and then I got caught with possession. And
0: uh, any more and, violence? Any more yeah, assaults? A little or... bit, a yeah. little
1: bit because they're you know, just getting into fights and stuff within the drugs and stuff, yeah. and uh, yeah being a fighter and being depressed and angry. It's a bad combination. People got, yeah. <laughs> people became, people became afraid of me. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, so even though I was a really nice guy and all that stuff, like the people pushed it too far and then. Yeah. Yeah. Got to see. The the demon the, came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Demon came out basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I got, uh, uh, what is called restraining order against two people I knew, two different guys, and uh, then we would start hanging out again, and then I would get angry again or something and oh. happen, or and then I would get, you know. So it's
0: just a never-ending cycle of yeah. just building up more charges against yourself.
1: Yeah. So, but then I actually ended up getting arrested again, and. uh, they put me straight into prison, you know, high security because it's, again? Uh, no, this time they put me in Holden. Holden things, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I gotta just say that that was the best thing that happened to me. How so? Cause, uh, I, uh, got eight months, so I knew I was going to do eight months. The prison there is really nice. You live like a normal human being.
0: It is, uh, a nice drive out there too i've been out i've been out there (laughs) yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Uh, it's just i really enjoyed it i mean i got to go to work every day i got to be sober i got everybody around me was sober
0: see and that matches up with what i hear they say that uh if if you're a person um who really wants to change their life but you've you you know of course you you have to be incarcerated but you want to change your life as well people say Mm. that halden is the place where you should go if you can Yeah. yeah
1: Is that yeah, right. That's, uh, that is right. That is was I actually got to go to uh, school for music, music technology, learn okay, how to make yeah. music and stuff like that. So I did that once a week, and uh, and that's actually when I kind of got in, back into my religious, not my religion, but you know, into Christianity, and because well, my father passed okay. while I was locked up. You no, know, I got the noose. and
0: that must uh, have been hard.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it's hard it to lose hard. a parent,
0: I would imagine, but it's doubly yeah, hard when you're losing them when you're in that circumstance.
1: And then by this time, he had moved to the states, so it wasn't no funeral. I couldn't be a part of any of it, and I barely got to talk to my family about it and stuff like that. And uh, it was really you no. Know, I, I decided to go to. You know, church service. You know, because that's to light a candle for my for my dad and say goodbye and stuff yeah. like that. And I've had spoken to my side. I actually went to. Uh, I got counseling when I was in jail too, because okay. I really wanted to get out of the drugs. You know. Yeah. And I wanted to learn to become a master of my own mind. Yes. You know, control my feelings and stuff master like that. Master of your
0: own mind. I just like the way that sounds.
1: Yeah. Just. Yeah. Mm, becoming in control again, you yeah, know, and sure, uh, sure. I had spoken to them about, you know, I want to, what, what did I like about, what did I like so much about substance is I felt like I was in control when I was having it. So I wanted to, then I, you know, if I'm going to be able to live without, I got to be in control without. Yeah. So if you get any challenges or something like that, you know, I should, you know take every challenge that comes my way i wanted to right you know evolve i want yeah. to become you know so and then when i was in the you know the church in holding things the the priest comes up to me and he's like hey do you would you mind reading uh you know the uh, evangelia the gospel yeah. uh, the christmas gospel and uh In English and I'm like sure and then he says in front of the prison on Christmas Eve oh (laughs) and then I'm like no and then I remembered okay (laughs) take every challenge you're given you know all right so I said sure and then comes (laughs) I was so nervous oh I can uh, imagine (laughs) You know, you got 250 criminals and about 100, 100 staff, and you're, you know, and I wasn't really familiar with the Bible language or nothing, you know, so even though I can speak English, you know,
0: it's a different. Sure. It's a different yeah. way of writing it. It's a, it's a different expression. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I was like, OK, but I, and I'm not I was never a good reader either, but I just remember praying about it i caught myself praying i'm like god you need to help me out now <laughs> you know so and i go up there and because they read it in every language that they can i see I on see. christmas so they ask everybody course, that's you know from yeah. poland or from of you course,
0: know yeah yeah yeah
1: so so then i got the american part you know and then but the, you know, embarrassing thing was because I had such a good time there. Everybody knew who I was. Okay. I was in charge of the clothes that you had to come to me to get, you know, your uniform for work. So I got to introduce everybody. And I was that's you a know, great way
0: to start meeting people and networking yeah. within the within the prison system. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that was uh, everybody. When I go up there, everybody's clapping and stuff like that. And my language you know, everybody understands.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, so
1: it wasn't yeah. like if I messed up, everybody knew it—not just the <laughs> Polish guys. Or, you know, so I get up there, and I, this, this paper is shaking so bad, I'm shaking, and <sighs> I just—I start reading it, and I'm like messed up a little bit, and then I just stop, and then I just take a breath, breath deep breath, take deep breath, and it was so quiet—I mean, you could hear a pin drop, you know. <laughs> uh, everybody was like, "Uh oh, he messed up. He, fro- he froze." And then uh, I just that, read it, yeah. and it went really good. I you mean, made it through. I made it through, and
0: just it was such a good feeling. Just you know, mastering something, and well, that's that's why it's such a good thing. I I, I like you've said it a couple of times, three times now. You know, take every challenge that you're given, and yeah. that's why that's such a good thing because to to me, there's no stress. There's no. um Fear in facing a challenge. I thrive on challenges because it's an opportunity for growth. Yes. no I'm a I'm a competitive power lifter. Um, so I put uh-huh. I put a lot of things in, uh, and 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 try to match it up with like a training reference yeah. when it comes to powerlifting. Yeah. And the harder things are, the heavier things are. The more you're yeah. going to grow, the more you're going to get strong. You know, that's why I see a parallel in all of those things. You can't yeah, avoid I mean, a challenge, you otherwise to, you're not yeah. going to grow.
1: Yep, that's yeah. so true. So I mean, I grew a lot just in that eight months there, just yeah. um, learning to get to know everybody, being accepted. You know, I was like not one of the more popular people there yeah. in a good way. Just yeah. really liked Guy. I mean, even when I was getting released, this was in February 2019. And uh, I kind of didn't even want to go. I was sad. Really? You know? Yeah. Because I, I knew my life outside was miserable, you know? Yeah. And, but I was motivated. I'm like, you know, I'm going to do this. And yeah. I, but I can uh,
0: understand the fear of, of actually yeah. leaving this environment that has given you a, a period of growth. At the same time as you get to uh, rest and you get to rethink things, it's also been uh, a period of growth. And now all of a sudden you've got to leave. Go back out there. That's where all the trouble has yeah. been out there. So
1: I became afraid and stuff yeah. like that. But I was motivated because I was, you know, I really want to get my life together. But then when I got my phone back, I hadn't seen my phone for eight months, you know, and just all these messages, yeah. condolences about my dad and stuff yeah. like that. All these feelings just started. So I panicked and ran straight to the, you know, the liquor store. And oh, no. Messed wow. up the first. First day, I messed up, and uh, got right back into all of it, slowly but surely, and uh, uh, got into some with some some real bad people, really bad. So, uh, but uh, my mom ended up coming actually to Norway because she, my dad's birthday was coming up, okay. and they had been divorced since I was basically
0: 16.
1: Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, they still had a strong relationship. I mean, bond, they were married for 20 something years and stuff like that. So it did break her heart when he passed away and she came to Norway to basically be with me. But at the same time, she needed closure. Sure. So so we were, we were together for nine days and, and those nine days, everything was just perfect. I hadn't seen my mom in seven years, you know, and I got to have my kids alone. They spent the night with me. Oh, my mom was there
0: yeah.
1: and everything was just so great. And we, uh, we went to this, uh, we had a candle lighting in 60 kids. My dad was going to turn 60 and, uh, we let, we live, we invited his family and stuff like that. And we, at the water ski center that he kind of started or got going and stuff. And, uh, it was really nice. But the next day I had to drive her back to go to the moon. Yeah. To the airport, yeah. to the airport. And, uh, I just broke down cause I just had forgotten oh, man. what my life actually was like yeah. in that, in those nine days. You know? yeah. And then I went back to it and I felt, I fell all the way back down again, but what's really good about that. I was so tired mentally and all this stuff was happening. And, uh, actually seen a police car i was driving and uh seen a police car and i just waved to the police officers and you know as they're passing and then i just pull in the e-brake and into the parking lot behind them so they turned around and i just jumped out of my car i ran to the back of their car you know and i jumped into their car and i'm like i don't want it i don't want this anymore wow Wow. Take me to jail. Take me to jail. Wow. I want to go back.
0: <laughs> so and what medical. happened? What would they
1: do? They took me to the hospital. They took me to go see a doctor. You know. Yeah. And uh, then that's when the doctor said, "Okay, well, you can go to the psychiatric, or whatever it's called." You know. Psychiatric and, unit. Yeah. Yeah, and I went there, and you know, they wanted to kick me out right away. You know, because really, why is that? Was, which
0: which place did you go to? Uh,
1: uh in uh colonists seekers psychiatric okay. and, uh,
0: and they, out and they uh they didn't think you was, needed to be there I mean you were literally crying out for help literally yeah <laughs> I
1: know I mean and they, they're like no because you're mentally you're all you know you, you just have issues you have to deal with you know and I'm like well I have a you know so I, but I told them I'm like no I, you can't put me back out there I'm not I'm gonna end up get myself killed on accident or something you know yeah i've already had several overdoses you know i was in co- a coma for four days
0: oh really you skipped over that uh, <laughs> when was this uh, yeah
1: that was uh between uh, oslo prison and uh, Holden prison wow heroin yeah no uh G H B. okay GHB. And, and how uh, long were you in a coma four days
0: good god so,
1: uh,
0: wow, man. Well, without even hearing the rest of your story, I can say you are definitely blessed that you are alive. That, I mean, that yeah. right there is saying something.
1: And I actually tried to kill myself one time too. And, okay. when just,
0: and when was that?
1: That was, uh, before I went to Oslo prison, I finally got a car and I was thinking that was going to help me out everything. And I just fell into depression and I was drinking and driving. I'm not proud of it, but it was late at night and I just, all these songs on the radio started coming on and I just decided I didn't want to do this anymore and I just let go of the steering wheel and put the pedal to the metal and oh, wow. 140 kilometers an hour ran straight out of, you know, off the road and into the woods, into wow. the tree, trees, no seatbelt, no nothing. And I just walked away from that accident and the car was completely crushed. Amazing. There's nothing left. So, I felt I'm kind of felt like that's when I'm starting to think I'm i something's not right here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm under some type of protection, or you know, I felt well, like that. It,
0: you, you know. definitely have a charmed life. Somebody is definitely looking out for from you know a, a a four day coma from GHB, and then this thing you know with with a car.
1: Uh, well, uh, I had good lord, that was she was saved actually nine years ago now because she she married. Uh, a guy that was you know came from a christian family and she, who, she was,
0: who who are you talking about
1: um her name is michelle she's the the one that's three years older than me okay and yeah. she's uh my sister your and sister are, okay yeah he was married she got married to yeah. a guy and his a really nice family. His, his father's yeah. a pastor and stuff like that, you know?
0: No, I had just missed who you were talking about because I was still uh, yeah. thinking about this whole thing with you driving the car like that. Yeah. No, but it's, not, it's, not, I had I somebody now I got praying.
1: You. She had somebody praying for me yes. a lot. Yes. A lot. A lot. And, and it helps. <laughs> Definitely. And it helps. Definitely. And basically saved my life. And, uh, and so much more. I mean, my kids and everything, you know, just... Uh...
0: So, so 2019, then, was when you got out the second yeah. incarceration. So yep. that's only two years ago. That's
1: now, at years that years time,
0: ago. at that time in 2019, you were at rock bottom. You said you had hit a new bottom.
1: Yeah, I hit a new bottom. So and how
0: did bad. you get from that to, to the man that you are, the man who I'm speaking to right now?
1: Well, see, that's what uh, that's the miracle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the uh, well because me really wanting to get off the drugs, they transferred me to an um, abstinence and stuff like that. De- detox for a,
0: those who are de- yeah,
1: yeah, detox. Thank you. Uh, but I didn't really need detox. I just needed because I wasn't addicted to anything that was dangerous like that. And. uh but uh, so, you know, they wanted I was only there for two weeks and so they, they were like, well, you don't want any of our medicines. You know, they, you, you don't want pills. You don't want that. You know, cause I said, But no, that's I don't not want always the that. way
0: to go. And you said yourself you didn't need. And that's one thing. If I can criticize the Norwegian health system right there, they are very quick to send people to a, uh, Ovidus, a de- detox program when they don't necessarily need it. It's more of a psychological issue. You know they shouldn't yeah. have turned you away when you when you wanted to go to that psychiatric ward.
1: Uh, you know nah, what I mean? They just, yeah, I know, but uh they term, but I mean detox it's not really detox it's just toxic exchange. You're going off of one medicine and they're giving right you Right onto another.
0: Else. Yes.
1: Yes. I mean, they're, they're going to take you off heroin, what do they give you? They give you uh suboxil and things yeah, like that and yeah. Yeah. I mean, those things are not good for you either. No, you and I know dead. about
0: this. My son, uh, he passed away from a heroin overdose in November of 2019. And the things that he was going through, is in you know his own words were, the detox regimen with all these drugs was almost worse than just being on heroin. Yeah, that's
1: it's, what I've heard uh, I've So
0: may he uh, rest. In, may he rest in peace. Thank you. Thank you so i can so, identify uh, I can identify with some of these things that you're saying you know with the despair um yeah. you know uh um not getting the proper care, uh you know hitting rock bottom not once not twice but several times, yeah. thoughts of suicide, actually trying it I can identify with that I, you know this is this was my son yeah. who was going through all this stuff, yeah.
1: So, um, no, but I then, didn't mean no. to interrupt. So, so how? No, no, so, no, no, no. no. So, just...
0: <laughs> so, so, so they 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 try to 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 put you through the detox thing. You're telling them it's not the right way for you. So what happened? Yeah.
1: No, then they're like, well, you have to leave. And then I'm like, okay. So, well, Monday you have to leave. And then, but right before Monday, a guy camp comes in and he's telling me about the center, the Christian center. You know. Uh, it's called the Evangelia Center, mm-hmm. and I've never heard of it or nothing. You it know, translates so. to
0: the Evangelical Center. I just yeah. tra- translate a little bit for my English yeah, uh,
1: speaking people, appreciate here. that. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'm like, Well, and he's like, Yeah, they might take you in right away and stuff like that. So I'm like, And you know, I'm getting Where, where's I'm is that to place? Give
0: up. Where's that place located?
1: That uh, they have, uh, in Moss and in Holland
0: okay, yeah
1: two big centers and yeah. then they have a couple small ones around. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm, I wake up on Monday because I had to wait until Monday to call them. And uh, I mean, I'm going to the, have a, you know, uh, where I'm basically signing out discussion with the doctor and I'm signed out and I'm like, I got to use your phone. I got to use my phone. <laughs> uh, like, So they let me call this other place and I'm like, oh, they're going to call me back. And so I have to stay here until they call me back. And Uh, they actually did call me back right away, and they're like, or actually, it took a couple hours, so I was able to, but that's still pretty quick, though. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's still big, you know. And then they're like, well, you know, we have an open spot for you, you can come straight here. Wow, and I ended up, you know, it it was far because they have a detox place too, you have to go in through, you know, like uh, you go there first, to, to basically spare all the other, you know, so from. You know, and then I and I went there and just, and I seen these people and I'm like, they're so nice, they're so yeah. kind-hearted, and I'm like, what is? I mean, and they oh, they believe in Jesus and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't care if they're brainwashed. I'd rather <laughs> be brainwashed than what I am right now. So I just basically I <laughs> gave up. I gave to escape.
0: Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so you I you just, just jumped feet first right into it then. You yeah. saw, you saw right away that there's something different with this group of people. Yeah. And you just jumped and right into it. Yeah. I
1: jumped right into it. It was just love. And, and, you know, I was just tired of everything else. And I just, I was like, I want, I want what they have, you know, I want what they have. So I just jumped. I get, I went all in, you yeah. know, and yeah. I p- I picked up my Bible. and I started reading, and trying to like understand what they're, you know, talking about. And, Stuff like that, and you know, I just basically said yes to Jesus, and step by step, my life has just completely changed That's, over the last almost year and a half now. That is years.
0: beautiful, and I'm I'm getting chills up and down my arms right now because you know, I don't I don't want to criticize Norway too much, but I'll say, I will say this, uh, and this is the truth: it is very rare to hear a Norwegian say. Anything positive well, about I Christianity. Yep. Now, that's yeah, I mean not to say that there's not Norwegian Christians because they are there, but they're so silent about it. They, yeah. won't, they won't talk about it. Nah. And talking about it and trying to push it on someone, that's two c- totally different things. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with talking about it.
1: No, nah, um, I mean, that's the Bible says to <laughs> go out and, you know. Yeah, and there's a way to justify.
0: Yeah, and there's a way to do that. Uh, to where it's not, yeah. It, there's a way. To, there's a there's a right way to do that, but it seems like most Norwegians are just, yeah. you know, they will do everything they can to avoid any discussion or any yeah, mention no. of of Christianity.
1: Yeah, well, people have, are. I think people are a little bit afraid too, because now we have, you know, Muslims and stuff like that. and People are kind of maybe a little bit unsure. And then Norwegians are.
0: Well that uncertainty is no
1: different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that uncertainty I think is a very Norwegian yeah. thing. There's a certain yeah. type of Norwegian uncertainty because my way of thinking is I don't care if if you know if if you are a uh practicing muslim or practicing hindu or what whatever uh yeah. you know something other than christianity and I see that your religious beliefs have made you into this person who is probably a friend of mine or somebody who I admire, somebody who I look up to, I'm mm-hmm. going to ask. I, would, I welcome a conversation. Yeah. Okay, what is it about you being Muslim yeah. that made you this way? Let's talk. Let's compare.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. That's, um,
0: it, that's, that that comes that's from, the
1: American side.
0: <laughs> I think that's very much the American in me because Norwegian, yeah. Norwegians just don't do that. They just don't
1: no they uh they just avoid conflict or you know conflict shy in a way i think
0: I, and, I i mentioned from time to time uh you know this is not a religious podcast, but i I put myself out there uh, if yeah. you listen to my episodes i'm very i'm an open book <laughs> so yeah. so I mentioned from time to time that I'm a Christian and that I was raised in in the church, and every once in a while I'll get a message from a Norwegian who'll say oh." It's so good to hear you talk about being a Christian. I'm a Christian too. Yeah. It's just, it's so good to hear. And oh, yeah. and I that's like nice. those, I like those messages. You know, it's uplifting, yeah. it's motivating. Yeah. But then I look in their life and they never say anything or show any of their Christianity. They hide it.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of... And that's very I mean, Norwegian.
0: That's very Norwegian.
1: I know, I mean, I've been in this country now since 2012 and through all this drama and stuff like that. And I've never heard of this place.
0: Yeah. How about you know, that? I'm,
1: yeah. Is that something? You know what I'm saying? I've never <laughs> heard of it. And it's like just an oh, op- like a whole new world was just open for me. And I'm yeah. like, but I'm so grateful for it, you know. And but I now I feel I'm like I'm my heart goes, I know what God wants me to do now. You know, He wants me to stretch out. He wants me to open up. And basically when you, I was asked to do this podcast, you know, or, you know, Brittany asked me about it and I'm like, sure. I will. Sure. I'll share my story. You know, maybe it's somebody out there that needs to hear that it is way out.
0: And thank you for that. Amen. That is exactly why I do this podcast. Um, Just to tell you real quick, I started this podcast. It was after my son had passed and um, I wasn't like feeling sorry for myself, but I was very much aware of the fact that I had a son who Mm passed away from from drug use. And I, I got to thinking, you know, how can I turn this into something that pushes me forward? Because I I was very depressed and nothing was, you know, I had my wife and, and, and our two kids and I have my da- a daughter back in the States and two grandkids. So I have all of that. You know, my mom is still around. I have my sister. I have my family. But I felt like me personally, I was at a standstill. I could not get past the depression. So I started this podcast to put words on that feeling that I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for something to motivate me again. I'm looking to put content out there that someone who might be in my situation or a similar situation or maybe in the situation you were in up until 2019, they can hear me talk with somebody or sometimes I might do a solo episode and talk about things and I might be able to say something that will help somebody. Yeah. or yeah, yeah. Or somebody like you, a guess like you, might say something that will strengthen me in some way, and yeah. I tell people it's okay to be egotistical when it comes to your own personal strength because you have to be in a position of strength if you're going to be able to help anybody, yeah. So what to, can um, I do actively to make myself stronger? And that's what this podcast is all about. What I can do to get stronger and more knowledge and what can I leave on the table for my listeners or maybe for my guests or things like that. So it's, it's, this, it's a fellowship for yeah, people so who might be in need is what, the way I look at yeah, it. It's
1: fellowship, that's a good way of putting it. I th- yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, and I don't think that sounds corny. I, I've seen people kind of roll their eyes when I say that, but that is exactly what it is.
1: It is. I mean, and basically, you're taking conversations that people have every day. I mean, that can be so important to for people to hear and be a part of. And what you're doing is basically giving people the opportunity to be a part of everyday conversations and just
0: exactly, exactly. And if one person takes in something from some episode that I did on my podcast, and they can turn that into some sort of motivation. Yep. some sort of healing yeah, then then yeah mission accomplished mission accomplished, mission accomplished. Yeah, so I mean, so again
1: needs to know gets to learn you know because everybody just knows what's inside their own head yeah you, it's, know, you know you that's a good to way to putting people to different things you know
0: that's a good way of putting it you know um Yeah, you know, like I said, the minute you started talking about your story on the telephone the other day, I just knew this is something that people are going to want to hear. Yeah. I have to. I keep looking at my uh, my (laughs) mixer over here. I have about twenty minutes left on my sound card. All right. So let let me use these last few minutes. I want to. I want to. I want to speed up the timeline a little bit. So you're in this facility. You are. Uh, you begin studying the Bible. You see that these people have something about them that you yeah. want to be a part of, as well. Uh, yeah. Was there any doubt in your mind at any point, of or did course, you know? A
1: lot. No, I mean, I was. I had doubted. A... I mean, I did on and off. Okay. I mean, if I, but I mean, if I started like talking to old friends and stuff like that and girls online and stuff
0: like that. I'm sure you were probably met with some skepticism.
1: Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, uh, then I'm, it, I want to believe and I want to trust, but I mean, I'm embraced and such and been through so much, you know, this world has just camouflaged it, you know, so good. Yeah, And that's what I mean. That's basically what the, the enemy wants it's just a camouflage with you know the truth yeah. and uh so i mean going through all these things and you know, of course i'm doubting and stuff like that but i'm just seeing and understanding and feeling things that i know no i know god was you know looking out for me and i know yeah. he was he showed me he showed me so many things and dreams and just really but i have really gave him my whole life to it you know
0: so it's it's um, it's quite natural to 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 be uh, to have moments of doubt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can read all all through the Bible. There's several, you know, uh, uh, instances where or where, where God's followers and even some of Jesus's disciples had their doubts. So that's quite normal. So, even John the
1: Baptist. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So what do you, what do you do then when you meet that very cynical? Uh, Outspokenly anti-Christian, anti-religious Norwegian who tells you that you are just you're you're, you're brainwashing. You're just full of baloney. What do you what do you uh, say to them, or how do you deal with that if you say anything at all?
1: No, I just uh, I'm at this point of my life that I just know that I know that I know. Yeah, you know,
0: that's and, what faith uh, is. That's what faith yeah, that's is.
1: What, that's what faith is. You know, I mean, I just and I just you know and I just tell them, you know, I'm like if you just would have known yeah. you know where i come from what i've been through and where i'm at mentally physically and everything you know spiritually today and i mean i i, I guess they see that it's something with me though because it's like you well, it's well, <laughs> you know well, there you and go right? like, and 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 i was
0: like and, you know, I, and that's a good example right there because if you live your life you know you you you've uh, you, you know you've, uh, you have your familiar- familiarity with the Bible and with Christianity, and then if you apply that to your life, people will see it. Yeah, no, You don't have to have, don't. have a tattoo across your forehead saying, I believe in Jesus,
1: or I'm a Christian, <laughs> or
0: I'm saved, or whatever. It, people will see something in the way you live your life, and that right there, yeah. I was kind of touching on that earlier when I was saying there's a way to to spread the word to people. Yeah. And maybe one of the best ways, I'm not saying it's the only way, but one of the best ways is if you as a Christian or I as a Christian just live your life the way you know it's supposed to be lived based upon what you know about the Bible. And people will see it, and people will yeah. ask questions.
1: Yeah. And mean, that's,
0: that's, yeah, that's I believe that. that.
1: That's what is happening now. You know, my mom, she's always been a believer, but she's never... She never went through it either, you know, like oh. learning it and stuff like that. She was just like, a, you know, uh, just a hope, I would call yeah. it, more of a hope. Yeah. But when she started seeing me, you know
0: – She saw she's the change.
1: Changed. Yeah, she's yeah, – she's, you know, and just – she started feeling safe that, you know, her son – isn't, she's not waiting on that phone call anymore and stuff like that and i'm like mom you have to pick up the bible mom mom you have to pick up the bible start and just read the gospel of john you know just start yeah. there and we'll talk about it yeah. just and she just started reading a couple of chapters and she just called me back and she was like Yeah, start in the act the Acts of the apostles now yeah, <laughs> and she was yeah. addicted you know yeah. she was hooked yeah. and it was just and i mean that's what the bible says too you know just your house will be saved, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it just, he, he stands by, him, you know, he stands by his promise. And I uh, just so
0: And it's all nice about, to see. Yeah, it's, you know, when you take it in and then you start applying it to your life, then things open up,
1: you know? Things open up. Things open and, up. And it's amazing. And so I so
0: you're in a good place now. You are, you've got your feet on the ground. You, you've got, uh, um, you're, you're working now, right? No, I'm
1: actually going full-time Bible school.
0: Okay, full-time Bible school. Yes.
1: Yep. Yes. So...
0: But you've got your feet on the ground. Your head is straight. Um, do you have any fear of sliding back? No. You're you're solid nope. now. Yeah.
1: I'm solid. It took, I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but uh, just.
0: When's the last time you committed any kind of a illegal act? smoked weed or any other drugs? How long ago is that now?
1: A year and a half.
0: year and a half. No yeah. no desire. You don't miss it. There's no hole in your existence because you don't do that anymore.
1: Nope. I just, I, I just, if you want to, if you, you want to quit something, you know? You have to exchange it with something, you know? And Say it again
0: for the people in the back. That is so important. If you want to uh, quit something, you have to put something in its place.
1: You know? I mean, if like people want to quit smoking. Don't start with the quitting part. Yeah. Start with the wanting. You know, because when you learn, you know, you teach yourself to, you you basically, you really want it. When you tell yourself every day you really want it, you're basically giving yourself a price by not doing it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You need to exchange it. You need to get get a prize by not doing it. You know? you
0: know, you are you're 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 obviously and proudly a Christian, but there's a little bit of Zen Buddhism in what you said right there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but, but there is there's that. I mean, that right there is just straightforward wisdom.
1: Yeah, wisdom. and
0: and that is a uh, that's things that's something that people need. To, I know there's people listening who have yeah. uh, issues with drugs or, or you know addiction to cigarettes, you know, whatever. Yeah. I know because the, I've talked with them and yeah. I hope they're listening. I hope they heard you say that you have to yeah. start with not, don't start with the quitting, start with the wanting to quit.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, and, if you you, get,
0: and when you, when you get rid of it, you've got to be replacing it with something.
1: Yeah, you got to. That's I, mean, so important. Not, I mean, even the Bible, I mean, that's like psychology one one but I mean, the Bible explains it to you too, you know, repent to me. Don't yes. just stop sinning, but, Phil, you know, go to him, go to him, go to him. Just don't, you can't, you can't, we can't stop in our own self, you know. My, my grandmother,
0: uh, may she rest in peace. Um, just a, a beautiful country woman from Kentucky, in the Kentucky <laughs> Mountains, Christian lady. And yeah. if we ever messed up and did something wrong, and I'd say, Oh, I'm sorry, grandma, she says, I know you are, but do you mean it?
1: <laughs> do you mean it? Yeah, do
0: you really That's mean true. it? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, and and that that's that's reflected in the Bible talk, when you talk yeah. about repentance. No, don't just stop sin, sinning, but repent from sin. Two totally yeah, different re- things. That's one true. is easier, and one involves quite a bit more work. <laughs> yeah, one will not last. Impossible. One is more likely to last. You know? Yeah. So yeah, like Grandma used to say, "Yeah, I know you are, but do you mean it?" <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so that, that's why I'm going to Bible school right now Okay. I want to I want to be able to share my testimony and reach as many people as I can, and because I know what it's like, I can I can put myself in many people's shoes, you know, and say that it is a way out.
0: You could be a you could be a great public speaker. (laughs) I'm serious. You could tell you know what you've talked with me now for an hour and fifty minutes roughly. And uh, I, I'm just checking my timer there. I don't want this to stop. <laughs> uh, and I've been captivated the entire time. <laughs> oh, that's so that's an hour and 50 minutes. If you take a bu- take away my, I don't know, 45 minutes of my babbling, and let's say you have an hour and five minutes for to, to give a seminar. There you go. <laughs> there you and go. people people would listen to this. Um, this is something that, that school children would listen to. You know, a school would book yeah. you to give a talk about your yeah. life. Um, of course, churches would, would, would book you to speak for youth youth groups at a church. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure even business people would book you for something like that. It's just just yeah. a little idea I throw out there.
1: Yeah, I, was, I, I appreciate it. I was, that's kind of what I'm. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. You know, to find a way through that, and...
0: it can give you a good living, and it can spread the message to literally thousands of people.
1: So that, that's like my dream. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm shooting for, you know, just got to take it step by step. Can, but, can,
0: can I ask you now? Now, um, I don't know Brittany, by the way. Brittany just sent me that yeah. message because I put the word out in this Americans in Norway group yeah. on Facebook. And then she told me about you. So I don't know her. So I don't want you to feel like I'm getting into any personal business. But how? <laughs> nah, nah. In, in, in relation to your story, how yeah. are you two today? How do you two manage doing the this the, the divorced parent thing with the kids and everything?
1: Uh, she moved on with her life and uh she's she's doing really good. I'm really proud of her. She uh she's going to college or high school in the yep. region.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh you yeah, know and uh she's stable. I mean me and her, we just we're actually really good friends. Okay. Yeah, and she brings the kids to come visit me here and stuff like that, and yeah. uh, you know, because I don't have a driver's license yet and stuff like that, you know, little consequences of my actions. Yeah. But uh,
0: how soon so until that, you can get it back?
1: Oh, that'll be a couple years. Okay, yeah. But in Norway, I mean, we can take trains yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But Absolutely. I mean, she's just she's just been a real hero of you know for me just being able she being stable, taking care of the kids. Yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better partner to that's raise beautiful. some kid with and kids.
0: And if so. if someone has to divorce, if a couple has to v- divorce, this is the way it should be. You should still yeah. be able to, you know, when there's kids involved, you should still yeah. be able to to make it work. So that's good to yeah. hear. That's I mean, we good.
1: managed to live. We managed to live together for nine years. So I mean, yeah, it we should wasn't be able all to bad. get along. Exactly. exactly. No, it wasn't all that. Exactly. We should be able to get along. So we get along really good and. So, I mean, she sees that I'm in a good place. She's, um, she, I haven't heard her say, say it say yet, but I know she's proud of me, you know, and she knows. I'm sure she struggle. is. Yeah.
0: I'm sure she's going to listen to this when it posts. So maybe you'll get a phone call from her and, and she'll, <laughs> maybe she'll say it straight out. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, shout out to you, Brittany. You're doing a good job. <laughs> there you go,
0: Brittany. Well, listen, Tomas, I, uh <laughs> I'm almost speechless. I don't know how to thank you for doing this. Um, this has been one of my most, probably my absolute most inspiring podcast episode I've ever had. Your story is really fantastic. Uh, I thank you for sharing it, uh, here on my podcast. It's, it's going to be out there for Well, (laughs) like I said, you, you, you fall right. You fall in line with what the goal of my podcast is. So it's been Mm -hmm. a blessing to be able to talk to you like this and, um, I say this to some people, not a lot of people, but uh, uh, because when if I ask someone to be on my podcast, no matter who they are, it's because something about them interests me. And then very often at the end of the podcast episode, I consider them a friend. So I want to tell you, I consider you a friend and a brother, and let's <laughs> let's and let's stay in touch.
1: Yeah, let's do that, man. Let's stay in touch.
0: This. Beautiful story. Thanks for sharing it here with me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, this has been the Coming On podcast with John Allen. Thanks for listening. Take this story, run out there, and do something with it. Bye, everybody.